Fundraising everywhere. 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 You need to add me in there. Hello, my name is Nikki Bell and I'm the co-founder of Everywhere Plus and welcome to our spin-off podcast series, the Charity Virtual Events Podcast. And what we'll be doing in this Fringe podcast is speaking to virtual and hybrid event hosts, curators, thought leaders, professionals, so that you, the fantastic fundraiser that you are, will have the tools and confidence you need to move ahead with your virtual events. And our first guest that we have with us today is the fantastic Simon Burton, the organizer of the Charity Film Awards, who is here today to talk to us about their very first hybrid awards that happened in April 2022. So, Simon, if you want to go ahead and introduce yourself. Hi, I'm Simon Burton. I'm a serial entrepreneur in events. And for the purposes of this conversation, I am the founder of the Charity Film Awards. And for anyone who hasn't heard of the Charity Film Awards, which I'm sure is, is nobody, um, but just in case, do you want to tell them a little bit about those awards, why you created that, who's it for, um, and what you did in 2022? Yes, the Charity Film Awards does exactly what it says on the tin. <laughs> it celebrates the best films in fundraising and cause-based marketing. And uh, in its five-year history, it has now become uh, official IMDB recognised. So it has mm -hmm. status as an IMDB recognised set of awards. And the winning films form part of the BFI, the British Film Institute, archive of non-fiction films recording life in the UK. Wow, I'm a judge and I didn't know that part, Simon. That's, <laughs> I, I, I'll, I'll take the slap on the wrist and amend everything we communicate. I was just buzzing to watch all the films. I had a great time. I was like laughing, crying and the awards themselves, um, you know, you did an absolutely cracking job. So hats off to you and the team. And this year you've partnered with the Smiley Movement and they're going to be leading that going forward. Is that right? That's right. The awards are now part of Smiley Movement, which is the, philanthropic arm of the smiley face business the smiley company nice and again lovely bunch i had a lush time getting to know them uh this year and just thanks again to for getting us in, involved um but this is not about me and i think listeners will be a bit confused because this is the charity virtual events podcast and i've just mentioned there that i had a great time in london um, but i just want to point out that this year was the first it was it the fifth year for the awards overall simon it was the fifth edition of the awards. Edition. Okay, okay. Yeah, so it's, it's a, it's a six-year, the, the campaign's been running for six Got years. You. Got you. And this year was the first year, so obviously 2020 was your first uh, virtual, and, and that's probably the case for a lot of people, um, and you did that with us, and thank you again for trusting us with your, your event. Um, but this year was the first time that you've hosted those awards hybrid, is that correct? That is absolutely correct. 
Amazing. So why I wanted um, to invite you on to talk about this, Simon, is because at the moment in the charity sector, there's huge decisions that teams have to make. Um, and there's a lot of conversations around either or, you know, now that we have the opportunity to go back to in-person events, but virtual has been proven to be so successful, which do we do? And what we're trying to share is that it doesn't have to be an either or situation. Uh, it, you know, you can do both and with a bit of careful planning and a little of, you know, adapting, that can be um, doable. So I just want to chat with you just, first of all, like when you were planning this year's Charity Film Awards and you knew or everything was crossed that this would be an in-person thing, like what pushed your decision to continue with the virtual element of it? Well, there was no push. We... When we ran the, let's call it the COVID edition <laughs> with you guys in 2020, mm-hmm. what actually happened was proof of concept. The, the Charity Film Awards is about helping charities take their films to a wider audience and repurpose their films and have a reason to share their films with their communities again. Mm-hmm. And charity is very interesting because, like many businesses, but, but perhaps more... Uh, more keenly felt, they have a variety of audiences. They have the community they serve. They have their colleagues and partners. They have their core supporters. And then they have the people they want to convert to support. So that's a lot of different constituencies you want to talk to in different ways. When, When the Charity Film Awards works at its best, the charities share their film in order to get votes from the public. And it's fantastic. The average film adds about 50% again from the number of views it had before it entered the awards. So hypothetically, uh, a film has had 10,000 views. It takes part in charity film awards. It will get to 15,000 views. That's for an average film. So the films that perform well do much better than that. And historically, bricks and mortar event, we had given two places to each of the shortlisted charities to attend. So we normally end up with around uh, around about 100 finalists. So that's 200 charity fundraisers and marketers in the room with their films. And that ends up being a very closed environment. What happened when we worked with, uh, with you guys on that e- event in 2020 was 10,000 people watched. Yes, and, they did. <laughs> and, and they watched it live. And what they, that proved to us was what we'd always thought, which was a, a charity which had previously sent two people to attend the awards had hundreds of close associates who wanted to watch and support and potentially thousands of people involved who wanted to support. Let, let's take an example of one of this year's winners, the Scouts. Well, Three people from the Scouts attended the event at Odeon Leicester Square this year. But the Scouts has hundreds of thousands of members and supporters, all of whom might have wanted to cheer their team on watching the virtual event. And that was what you proved to us in that 2020 event, Nikki, that that audience was ready, willing and able to engage. And if you kept the event tight and thought about them when you shared the content, you could have the two audiences watching simultaneously. I love that. And the, I mean, obviously I, I missed the chat box this year because I was with you in London. Um, but I remember from being uh, at the event in 2020, just the, the the vibe and the feedback from supporters in the chat box was just so lovely to see them there taking time out, out of their evening 
to you know to wait for these films and there was people uploading pictures wasn't there on social media and they were had their popcorn and you know they had like their posh frocks and everything on and um I just loved that um community moment of bringing people together to celebrate something that they really cared about that was really really nice to see so it's great to hear from you like directly why you did that because I didn't know um that was a genuine question and uh I was just really happy when you said that you were still doing it because you know the truth is is it, it is easier to do just one um, and that, that's the fact of it, but the impact, um, that you can get from putting the, the effort and the work into doing two, as you've just said, there is, is, is phenomenal. I'm a big, I'm a big fan of understanding your audiences and the, the reason in this instance, the charity film awards that, that the hybrid model works is there are multiple audiences, all of whom are interested in the films. And to take your point, Nikki, about the, 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 the pure virtual event, what struck me was the different types of conversation going on in the different chat rooms. So for instance, on, on, on the, the Fundraising Everywhere platform, we saw what I would think of as in charity industry experts talking about the films. There was a very highly refined degree of commentary about the winning films and delight and surprise at films people hadn't seen. But when you looked at the kind of conversation that was going on on Facebook or Twitter in a more, in a more public space, a more public discourse, it was much more about, oh my God, this charity is amazing. Why have I not seen this film before? It made me cry. Yeah. And, and that for me is about understanding that all of those different audiences uh, Charity Film Awards is set up to share those films with all those different audiences. So think about who your audiences are and what content you want to share with them and when you want them to share, see that content. Love it. So, yeah, again, just for anyone uh, listening. So when the virtual event happened in 2020 and this year, the event was um, broadcast onto the Everywhere Plus platform, but also simulcasted across social media. So like you said there, Simon, uh, it was on uh, Facebook uh, and other platforms so people were able to watch that and engage in their own setting. Um, and again, I, I love that you opened that up. Um, do you or have you heard of any charities gaining new supporters from um, from coming across the awards and, and going to to because they supported another one and then they've seen another film and being like, whoa, they're mint. Like, I want to find out more about them. Has any of any of that happened? Absolutely. And it's it's worth pointing out the, that that happens in both the virtual and the live event. I mean, we've had instances in the live event of VIP guests being so moved by a film. They've literally walked up to the charity and given them five-figure checks. Wow. Um, uh, and, and that's part of the power of live events. And I'm a huge live event advocate. But we also know that charities add followers and receive donations through the, through the digital and virtual experience of the awards. We don't think of the awards as an event, by the way. We think of it as yeah. a campaign. Yeah. Okay. And, and that's important in terms of thinking about the virtual component. Right? This, yeah. is just a, this is just a step on the journey. Yeah. So all of those charities taking part, whether they're finalists or they're winners, Obviously, we only show the winning films at the live event, but one of the things we've done uh, on both years of the virtual event is encourage all the charities who are finalists to show their film immediately before the event to their supporters. Yeah. I'm always slightly flabbergasted at, because I, I take a keen interest in looking at all the social feedback from all of the charities and their supporters. I'm always flabbergasted at the number of times I see someone who is a committed supporter of a charity saying they've never seen the film before wow. and, and, until we until we gave it that context 
I love that you it's it's not like you say it's not just like a ceremony for you you're helping charities to get this right you're helping them get more out of it and also the word flabbergasted doesn't get used enough um so I'm going to bring that back into my vocab because it is such a such a good word um I'm going to come back to you later about those films because you're obviously really passionate about it and there was definitely a couple that stood out for me and just so you know when I was judging the films um it did still happen online there was a few of them that I watched um, and I went and gave donations to the charity after, after watching the film. And it was interesting because the ones that I gave to when I went back to the video, there wasn't actually an ask in it. I was just moved. Um, so I, I can totally back up everything you're saying there about the power of video and film and the medium as well of virtual events and hybrid events. It's the same, isn't it? You know, the video might be pre-recorded or live, but it's still this human interaction facil facilitated by digital medium. So I love that that's um, happening now. So Onto the logistics of it. So anyone that's listening and they're like, that sounds like what we want to do with our audience. How did you work forwards with putting on a hybrid event? Did you do that internally? Did you work with partners? And what were the things that you learned through that, that process? Because that was new for you. Well, I, I guess I'd like to take as our benchmark the first virtual event, which we did in in my living room with a holiday camera um <laughs> propped up propped up on a plant stand we, we was this was right at the start of lockdown no one knew i mean you guys knew what you were doing but we didn't we made it up as we went along um and it was very seats of our pants this year because uh, because of smiley movement and, and and their investment in charity film awards the event was at the odeon lux leicester square so home of spider-man premiere and batman premiere and uh, 800 luxury seats and the scale of the event increased and so the scale of the production increased and that meant the scale of the uh, video required increased so I, I don't want to scare anybody off around the, what I'm going to say next in terms of a hybrid but we were running a very big film premiere Oscars Eurovision Song Contest level event yeah. and everything everything except for the script uh, was outsourced. So lighting, camera crew, sound, the whole piece. We worked with a number of AV suppliers and there were six cameras in total at the event, film cameras. It was TV. Yeah, and, and but that's a point though. Entertainment is a growing, um, a, a core growth area when it comes to virtual events where people aren't just coming to learn anymore like they want to be entertained um and on the virtual event because I went back and watched it just partly because I wanted to see anything I missed but also because you told me at the very last minute that I was presenting an award and I wanted to go and watch it and make sure that I didn't uh, come across as like silly or whatever um, and I noticed that on the virtual platform there was just one stream coming in wasn't it and then whatever was shown on the big screen at the in-person event was what was shown online so there was two feeds that came into the the online event is that correct no, they should have been cut into all the feeds. Oh, the right, okay. So, um, it, so it, 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 we had a director there calling uh -huh. the shots, mm -hmm. um, and a vision mixer, mm. and but 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 regardless, it was TV quality, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was footage, mm -hmm. and um, that is hard. Uh, I, I think for I've been running events for thirty years now, mm -hmm. and having to learn a whole new set of skills, not just around production, but around TV yeah. uh, is a big ask. But, but to your point, I say to people about their charity films and about their virtual events, Game of Thrones is a click away. 
And if Game of Thrones is a click away and I'm in my own home, that is the level of engagement and content I expect from what I'm watching on a screen. And that is hard because now we're all competing with the best content in the world. And so, so I do think one of the things to, to bear in mind, whether you're running a webinar um, or, or, or a full-scale hybrid event uh, as we were doing, is you really need to think about your technology and who's using it and how they're using it. I think it has implications for who you allow to speak, who your presenters are, what your entertainment is, your need for eye dents, all of those things be, become important. Not, not, not necessarily costly in terms of dollars, by the way, but, but there's a time and energy and expertise commitment. Oh, 100%. Because often what we see is that, you know, if you've got a, um, let's say it's a, a corporate event, you know, you've, you've, you've brought this um, uh, corporate partnership on, you want to activate it. And often what the, the charity might do is they might go, right, well, let's pull in our CEO, we'll give a quick presentation, uh, we'll share a story on Zoom and then it's done. And then there's surprise that people aren't engaged with it. And it's like, right, well, as you CEO, the best speaker, and if they're not, can you partner them with someone that's a bit more energetic, who can do a QA? and a um, Zoom as an events platform, it's not great because it isn't an events platform. So what else can you use there that people come on and they go, oh, this is cool. I can interact with this in a way that I want. And I can go here and chat to a sponsor or I can go there and chat with an attendee or I can watch this feed coming through. And you're right in what you're saying when it comes to hybrid there are elements there that you will need to source out um, or, and, and that's totally okay. And exactly like you said as well, it doesn't have to be to that level and um, size that you had that was relevant for your event and it will be for the charities that do bigger events. But if there are smaller scales there, there are freelancers who can do this for you know a fraction of what a, an AV company might do, but it will still give the same quality uh, service um, that, that, you're, that you're after. But the point is, isn't it, Simon, that you do have to put... Um, resource into this you do have to put effort into this it isn't just something that you can throw together in two weeks um and have you know the impact that that you've had with the the charity film awards right it, it requires some planning and mm. i mean there's some things there's some places you can go and get a lot of fiver and people per hour are just astonishing resources for um organizations to create we we do all of our idents so and for those of you who don't know, an ident is the, the little thing where the logo whizzes round and you see them on the TV all the time to tell you what channel you're watching. So we use idents at our events, whether they're pure physical or, or virtual or hybrid, but we source those idents on Fiverr and they cost next to nothing, but they look really professional. So you know, there, are, there are ways of doing this. One of the things I think, Nikki, that's happened because of virtual is the, the points you made then are so true. But actually, I think the CEO was probably always a terrible speaker and people were always <laughs> going off and doing their own networking. It's just that we as event organisers either didn't know that or ignored it. And, and virtual has made it visible to us. Yeah, you've got to put the effort in. And, you know, there probably are some speaker CEOs out there. We're not uh, saying that all CEOs are, are bad speakers, but they tend to be the first choice, don't they? It's like, oh, let's get to the person that has the seemingly most important job title. Uh, but often there's so many other things that you can do in there. Um, just some examples from virtual and hybrid events that we've seen on a smaller scale, and we will get uh, try and get them in for future episodes of this podcast. Um, but it's been things around, um, 
you know, getting the, there was uh, our East Anglian Air Ambulance um, and they were doing their annual report, which is quite a dry subject, but they had some of their staff and volunteers put together like a thank you song and, and dance and they'd done this. And it was just so lovely to see because you you were watching that and you were like, they've done this just for me. And like, that's effort. And, you know, they did a tour of a hangar um, and it was just so nice to see them just not sitting at a desk and delivering a talk. It was like, right, how can we take what we had to do in 2020 and 2021 and level up on that and actually start to connect and entertain with people? Because um, you're right in what you said as well before, Simon, and, and this has been the case since day dot. The competitors aren't, your, aren't, aren't other events. It's Netflix or it's someone's email inbox. Like that's what you're competing with when you've got an event online. So what you need to do is just create an experience where they don't want to go off and check something because they they don't want to miss anything because they're having such a good time um and it's not difficult to nail uh, if we if we put a bit of effort in there um what would be like your one big tip to anyone who was listening to this and they were putting together a virtual or hybrid event on a smaller budget shorter Nice. Oh, I, love, I love that your answer was too short as well. Do you want to elaborate on that as well? Just that they, they, they I, I, I think everything we learned under virtual was things that many of us had sensed previously. Like uh, 40 minutes for a speech is, presentation is too long. And um, make, make everything shorter and tighter and really, really think hard about what your audience wants, not what you want to tell your audience, what your audience wants to hear and then frame what you need to say against them. T time, time and audience are everything for me. I love that. And yeah, you're absolutely right. On the events that we host, the fundraising everywhere events that we host, we host them on the Everywhere Plus website and we go around like 10 minutes to 20 minutes for a talk because people's attention spans are, are shorter now and, and people have to mix up the, the format of that as well. So you know, like Q&As with a presentation or a talk or a roundtable discussion, weaving in the kind of different speakers that you've got. If you do have someone that's a bit more direct, make sure that they're kind of, you know, in between people that are a bit more engaging and energetic. Get out from behind your desk, do a talk when you're on a walk, just something that someone will watch and go, oh, I wasn't expecting this. I, I want to know more. Right. I think that's really true. The other thing I'd say perhaps links to that is about speakers and particularly panel speakers i think we assume that panel conversation is easy and it's not it's one of the hardest things to do right and it mm -hmm. and we all sort of used to do a little rehearsal and then we'd wing it live and to my mind many of them live were terrible and the reason is because the presenters got nervous and didn't trust that the mc was going to give them all their share of voice Right. So I, I, I spend a lot of time if I'm emceeing an event and uh, have a panel discussion saying to the panellist, you must trust me. You must give me two sentence answers. I will probe if it needs more. But rapid fire, quick conversation is much more engaging for the audience than you wittering on for five minutes. I'm conscious now of how long the uh, questions um, that I've, I've been asking you are and if I've been taking up too much airtime. Um, and that's actually backed up. So professional communication trainer, Janelle Aldred, who I did some fantastic training with uh, early last year, 
she said exactly the same, like two sentence, three sentence answers, and then move on. Um, and it just keeps people engaged. And it also helps you sound like you know what you're talking about as well. And it, it definitely um, improves that uh, trust and, and connection with the audience. So I love that. That's a great answer. Um, is there anything else that you want to share with our uh, listeners that we we haven't covered? Because I have one final question here for you about the videos um, that we uh, that we saw at the at the awards this year. Yeah, the one final thing I'd say is don't be frightened about, if you're stuck for creativity, steal someone else's format. Steal's a strong word. Co-opt somebody else's format. Be inspired by. Yeah, look, use as a starting point for your creativity, somebody Mm -hmm. else's format that you like. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I've been surprised. I don't think there have been nearly enough in the virtual world and in the real world. You know, we talk about fireside chats. I'm not sure I know what that is, actually. There aren't enough Letterman type shows. There aren't enough late night shows. There aren't enough quizzes. Like, what's the most popular format on TV? A quiz show. So do a blankety blank or do a, um, do a deal or no deal or take somebody else's clever format that's recognisable to your audience and adapt that for your messaging. So you can still deliver powerful 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 ideas but you do them in a fun and engaging way gosh i love that uh, and shout out to wayne murray as well who's done something similar so he hosts a regular um charity desert island discs event where he gets people in from the sector to talk about their favorite items and music so it definitely works and people come to that because they love to learn more about the people there beyond like the professional setting um and it gets a really great response so you're on the right track with that simon definitely and i appreciate you like coming and sharing um your experience with our listeners in the first uh spin-off podcast episode it's been lush to have you um the awards is it going ahead again next year absolutely smiley movement are very very committed to um sharing not not just sharing the stories uh, mm-hmm. of the films but in helping the charities connect with a wider audience either to donate or volunteer or just to become engaged with them lovely lovely um and so yeah I, i'm curious there was a couple of standout films for me while i was at the the ceremony but what was your what was your favorite um film for from 2022 mm. I, i'm going to answer but before i do i should say that i think there's a clear difference between the films watched on small screen and what happens when you watch them on the biggest <laughs> screen in the uk with the sounds turned up so uh, yeah so so I think there's a, there's a proviso. Um, for me, it was the Surface Against Sewage film. Uh, it, um, I, I, I watched the films in the rehearsal. Just, you know, mm-hmm. You're doing a technical rehearsal. Mm-hmm. Um, another thing you must do. And I was very moved by it. But watching the audience be swept away by the imagery and mm-hmm. the clever conceit at the heart of the film and the music... Uh, was really quite powerful. I feel, I feel myself emotional talking about it right now. Yeah. But, and as a, as, a, as a whole, I think the Surfers Against Sewage team, who've now uh, won two years on, on the trot, uh, have really understood what the power of, uh, of film can be for fundraising. I know uh, Mark and Chester, uh, who were pals of mine that, that were there, um, they were buzzing about the the bicep music and just everything about it. They were like, it was, and the, a lot of the footage and the stories, it was um, like support a source, wasn't it? So it was people sending their experiences to the sea during lockdown. Um, and Service Against Sewage, they're not a huge charity. And, you know, the video that they produced was epic. Well, it was recycled. That's the conceit. Yeah. It, it, it's, it's, it's supporters' films that are mm-hmm. recycled. 
I'm, I'm obviously the, the film of the year, the um, Macmillan film. Sorry, I'm, <laughs> I'm moved to just saying the No, no, yeah, yeah. Um, saying the name. That, that's not an expensively produced film. It, yeah. it, it, it works because it is utterly grounded in authenticity. Mm-hmm. And, and, and to go back to a, my previous answer, it's short. Yeah. The, um, the silence at the end of that Macmillan film was just in a in a room of that many people. And I, I felt really connected as well to the people at home in that moment because I knew we were all watching it at the same time. And I was just like, like I don't, I don't I, I rarely cry, but in that moment I was like, whoa, I'm about to, I'm about to go here. And it was just, it was so, so powerful. Um, and just to repeat what I said at the awards themselves, like I'm so proud of what charities have been doing in these last few years with film, with virtual events, with digital. A lot of people have been thrust into this with like no experience, no time, no planning, no budget. And what people have produced from that is massive. And what we really need now is for people to take that learning, to take that understanding, to take that audience insight and go, right, we're going to learn from this. We're going to level up on this and we're going to keep going because it does work. This is the amazing stuff we've achieved with it when we had to do it. So now that we want to, and we're going to put effort into it, you know, the sky's the limit, you know, you can fly from there. Um, so thank you for sharing that. If anyone wants to go and watch these films as well, Simon, are they still online? They're all, all the, um, uh, all, all 1,800 films that have ever <laughs> entered the Charity <laughs> Film Awards are all on the Smiley Movement website. Okay. Um, I have, I think, the unique distinction of having watched them all. So I, I, I think I'm something of an expert now in cause-based films. Which is your favourite, Nikki? Um, so, I mean, the two that you mentioned, I, I'm a sea swimmer and a sea kayaker. So surface against sewage, because I live right on the coast, it, it always got a special place uh, in my heart. So when I was watching that, I felt really connected with it because everything, like the stories that were coming up and, and, the, and the words, I was like, yeah, that's what it meant to me. So I, I really loved that. Um, and yeah, the, Mac, the Macmillan one um, was, was fantastic. Um, there was another one as well, and it was Alzheimer's. This was one in judging, and, and again, it didn't make the, the final cut. And there was a guy, and he was just recording on his mobile phone um, what his week was like as someone living with Alzheimer's. And just every day, he was just keeping a little video diary. Um, and it was interesting because at the beginning of the week, like everything was fine. And then at the end of the week, he was having really rough days. And again, it was just the authenticity and the low production of it. And that was one of the films where it didn't have an immediate fundraising ask on it. But I did go and donate because I was like, nah, I, I get that. You know, I, I need to go give. I think it's, I would say about films in general, if I might digress for a second, the same thing I'd say about the virtual events. Um which is that you think about your audience, shorter, fewer messages is better. And cost is not the driving factor creativity is. There's a, I have a lot of charities say to me, oh, it's just too expensive to make films. You've got a mobile phone, you can make a winning, an award-winning film. Yeah. The, what, what, the missing ingredient is creativity, not, not kit. Mm. What would your kind of rallying cry to, to charities um, be for that? For films mm. and events, just all of the vi- the video medium where you know people are expecting things to have to be like polished and perfect before they get it out there. Like, what would you say to people that think that it has to be at a, a, a top level um, to to be able to do this stuff? No, no what needs to be the, the two things that needs to be dialed up to eleven <laughs> are authenticity and creativity. Never a- I... a- ex- execution can be at seven or eight, mm-hmm. in my view. 
and Love that's it. you know I'm I'm a I'm I'm one person. Other people can maybe yeah. disagree. I mean, you've watched thousands of charity film videos, like you say, and also lovely uh, Spinal Tap reference. So thank you for squeaking. Uh, well, you, 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 you and I know, Nikki, that any, any opportunity <laughs> to drop in something something like that will, will work for both of us. Love it. And that's why I invited you on for the first one, Simon, and you, you haven't disappointed. Um, I, I'm honoured. <laughs> thank you so much for joining us it's been lush to catch up with you if anyone wants to connect with you directly find out more about you the work that you do where can they find you uh, i'm on twitter as um an early adopter i am at simon <laughs> burton um nice. but you'll, you're, the best place to find me is on linkedin love it okay well great thank you so much for being here and, and sharing and uh, and good luck with everything else that you're gonna do because it sounds like it's gonna be epic thanks nikki lovely to be your first guest